What's up, college football fans, and welcome back to another episode of the Cover 2 College Football Podcast. I'm your host, Tim Smithson, joined as always by my co-host, the Okie Longhorn himself, Dalton Chandler. Dalton, first and foremost, how are we doing today, buddy? Doing good. Doing good. Got our revenge game out of the way. Felt good just to beat the shit out of Kansas like it was the good old days. And now, get to enjoy a little bit of Thanksgiving feast yeah. this week, yeah. along with some good football. So, it's not... Yeah, this is a, not a bad, uh, not a bad week. It's a pre, pre Thanksgiving cover two pod. Um, first and foremost, we wish all of our listeners a happy Thanksgiving. By the time you listen to this, it will be Thanksgiving. Um, so we hope everybody enjoys a good turkey day with the family or whoever you spend it with. Maybe you don't celebrate it. I don't know. To each their own. Uh, I, don't, but, I don't know why you wouldn't. But right. All right. Yeah, it's good food. Not not my Thanksgiving food's not my favorite, but it, it's good. If there's deviled eggs in sight, they're in trouble tomorrow. For, <laughs> if you're, if they're near me, that, that's all I'll say about that. Um, but all we got is football to talk about. Uh, which before, kind of before the football, we have you know a couple, couple other things to talk about. You know, just kind of weekly news. Um, the the lane train to Auburn, it it kind of just continues to unfold right in front of us. News reporter John Sokoloff. Maybe. Sure. If he still has a job. Right. Uh, he put out a tweet, what was that, Monday? Saying basically that Lane Kiffin is headed to Ole Miss, and was, or headed to Auburn, would announce it on Friday, which they play the Egg Bowl on actually tomorrow. Thursday. So, well, Lane, Lane then promptly quote tweets him, says, you know, this is news to me, John. Nice sources. And then, to add to that, he... Basically, copy and paste his tweet, but in the opposite form, saying that this guy's you know going to be hired by a different news company in Mississippi. Uh, so it, it turned into a whole deal. But you know, it, it gave me a lot of Lincoln Riley. I'm not going to be the next coach at LSU vibes. So basically, what this tells me is Lane Kiffin. He's going to be the next coach at Nebraska. You know, because you know, last year it, it's obviously a joke. I, I do think he's going to be the next coach at. Well, that's what I was going to say. You know, Lane Kiffin can say all of this, but what has Lane Kiffin not said? Well, right. He has not said, right. I'm not going right. to be the coach at Auburn. And, and, and he's it, also not said, I'm going to be here at Ole Miss next year. Right. And and it don't matter. Um, he can say what he wants to say, but ultimately, if he takes the job, he's just going to say, yeah, I'm, I'm going to be the next coach at Auburn. And so be it. And, you know, I don't think they announce it Friday. I think that his source might have been a little off on that. I don't think they announce it before the Iron Bowl. I don't I don't see that being a – Yeah, I, I mean, what? I guess what's it really matter in the grand scheme? Um, but I, I do personally. I'm on the train. I think he's going yeah, to I don't, Auburn. Yeah, I don't, I don't think I, – I, where there's smoke, there's fire. And right. this, this guy also was the first one to report that – um, Auburn was hiring Mississippi State's AD. Right, right. So, where there's smoke, there's fire. I think that he definitely goes. It kind of puts a lot of what ifs about the Ole Miss job. You know, do they right kind of come after Jeff Lebby for a potential head coaching job? You know, he was at Ole Miss with Lane Kiffin, or do they kind of look in state at prime and? Yeah, that I area, mean, you know, Matt Rule well, says he wishes he was coaching right now. So yeah, and I mean there, there's been some traction as far as Deion Sanders goes, um, as far as like the 
weirdly the USF job in Colorado. In Colorado, I don't, I don't see that. I think, um, I think, yeah, I don't, either, I don't really either. Um, Why would Prime go to Colorado? But yeah, I saw uh, somebody tweeting out, "Would would Ole Miss go after Jeff Lebby? I think they could, but you know, it's not. He hasn't really done himself any favors this year. Right. I mean, OU's offense hasn't been bad, but it's just been really inconsistent. Yeah. And I mean, you would think. With kind of what Ole Miss has been over the last, you know, few years and even decade, like they probably maybe want somebody that's more of a proven head coach, which is not Jeff Lebby. But you never know; they they may roll the dice. Um, but ultimately, you know, back to Kiffin, I I do think he's probably headed to Auburn, but that that obviously remains to be seen. But in some other news, kind of kind of sad deal. I mean, not really sad, just kind of tough situation uh tennessee quarterback hendon hooker mm. tears his acl in a non-contact injury um saturday night in the volunteers blowout loss to the south carolina gamecocks i believe this happened after the game was pretty well out of reach i, say, I think it was like mid third quarter when yeah it, happened. it had gotten to a couple touchdown lead or so and and he was like it looked like he was running to the left it was a speed he, option left yeah and he and cut, it looked tried like to he cut in to, yep. and yeah did, did not look good no i mean immediately as soon as he went to plant and it gave way he he hit the ground and reached right for it um and you, you hate to see that after the year he's had and with his potential draft stock now probably right lowering a little bit with his age and now an injury yeah, I mean, this basically it ends his college career. Um, this is a guy that threw for, when all said and done, just under 9,000 yards, 80 total touchdowns, and a 67% completion percentage. I mean, was pretty much the the hand in resurrecting Tennessee football, you know, him along with, I guess you could say, Josh Heupel and a lot of those other guys that they have there. Uh, but it, it's it's just a tough situation. Um for him you hope that he can come back and still get a shot at the nfl i know a lot of people have had questions about his age to begin with because he's been in college since like 2018 that's what i because he started at virginia tech yeah before he transferred to tennessee yeah i want to say that there's like at one point in time there was 11 guys in the nfl starting that was younger that were younger than him right and so you know and one of them was like Lamar, and Lamar's been out of the right. college world for what three, four years now. Right. Yeah. Uh, I think longer than that. I think he's the same draft class as Baker, so twenty eighteen, I think. Yeah. So, you know, I guess prayers up for Hendon Hooker. I'm sure he'll recover. He'll 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 probably get a shot. He's a good player. I, I think somebody will take a chance on him. But obviously, you always hate to see that. But that that kind of rounds out our news as far as really any anything noteworthy. Did you uh, see that the Michigan State players got charged? Seven players got charged in the brawl. Good. I don't remember their names, but there was seven players that got charged with misdemeanor assaults in that deal, <laughs> along with Mel Tucker taking all taking his thousand taking his one hundred thousand dollar bonus and keeping it all for himself yeah the kid that was supposed to be shared with him and his coaching well, staff and when when you sent that to me today i was just like really like you have done nothing this year especially to earn that hundred thousand dollar bonus well, one could say his coaching staff hasn't either <laughs> well right no it's like why, why is he even getting that but i guess with that dalt um 
last night we had a new college football playoff top 25. Um, some some kind of interesting things unfolded. No, you know, it, I, I kind of get on the side of people saying that these rankings, there, there's only one set of rankings that matter. But I do kind of agree that it, it, it also does matter right now too. But with that, if, if you have those pulled up, I will let you go ahead and get into our our top twenty five read. Um some you know, some movers, some some up, some down. Uh you know, when we'll just start the top four stay the same. And it stayed the same right since Georgia beat Tennessee. You've got Georgia at one, Ohio State at two, Michigan at three, and TCU at four. Right. LSU at five, USC at six, Alabama at seven, Clemson at eight, Oregon at nine, Tennessee at ten, Penn State at eleven, Kansas State at twelve, Washington at thirteen, Utah at fourteen, Notre Dame at fifteen, um, Florida State at sixteen, North Carolina at seventeen, UCLA at eighteen. Tulane at 19, Mississippi State at 20, or Miss, Ole Miss, I'm sorry, Ole Miss at 20. Uh, 21 is Oregon State, 22 is Central Florida, 23 is Texas, 24 Cincinnati, and 25 Louisville. Your, uh, your Longhorns, they're just playing leapfrog with we, this. We're just in and out, baby. Top 25. In and out. Yeah. We're playing the hokey pokey. Um, so, yeah, like right off the rip, you know, you – the top four stays the same. It's kind a, of expected. It's a given, yeah. But then right after that is kind of, you know, I saw some people have had more problem with this than me. I, I do personally think that USC should have jumped LSU. A hundred percent. I, I think, uh, if you put them on a neutral field right now, a, a lot of people would probably say, "Well, I think LSU would beat them." I don't think so. But I don't really think that they would. I don't think they would either. I, I think what Caleb Williams is doing right now at USC. I mean, he, he looks basically unstoppable. And that's not to say that they're going to go make the playoff and win the national title because I don't think that's going to happen. But I think right now that USC could could beat LSU, and I think they probably would. But then right after that, I think Clemson should be above Alabama. I, I think on a neutral field right now, I think that game could be a toss-up. I, I probably might even pick Alabama. But I think you look at Alabama, and this is not – what you would say, not your father's Alabama team. They're not a bad no, football team. They're not a bad team, but they're not but the they're juggernaut not, of late. I mean, I heard somebody talking about that this is a team that has played eight FBS opponents. Five of those games have been one-score games, and two of them they've lost. So I actually heard somebody talk about this today. For perspective, like the 2020 team that was really good, yeah. you know, the COVID year, they played 10 SEC games that year. And only one of them was a one-possession game. Like, it's just not – it's kind of just not your typical Bama team. And, you know, they're at seven. I, they're still, like, I guess, like some kind of crazy outside shot that they no. could maybe get in. I, I don't know what it would be. No, there's no shot. But then, I I, I don't know. You know, we talked to, to BP about it. He didn't like Tennessee at 10, and you kind of agreed with that. I don't, I don't have a serious problem with that. I still think they're 
I mean, I guess if you take into account Hooker going down. If you take into account him and Hooker going down, you might as well drop, drop them out them of the top 25. Drop, drop them down to about. They're losing to Vanderbilt this week. About 20. <laughs> but you can't take away from what they've done this year. And and here, here's my deal with LSU. LSU fans love to talk to USC fans right now because LSU says, well, show me your wins. And if I'm a USC fan, I'm saying I beat UCLA on the road. I went to Oregon State, who is now ranked on the road, which looks like a good win. And And my only loss is on the road to Utah by a point. And then on the flip side, I would ask LSU, show me your wins. And it's basically just Alabama. And Ole Miss. Both of those games at home. And then I would say, show me your losses. They got destroyed. They got ran at home by Tennessee. Tennessee. And they lost to Florida State. Who's, you know, looking like, you know, they're they're a respectable football team this year. They're a top 25 team. That's not a a bad loss. But at the same time. Yeah, you get run off your own field run off what, 30? Yeah. Something like that, or yeah, right was, under 30, yeah. like 44 to 16 or something like that. Yeah, it was 28 to nothing in a blink of an yeah, eye like down there. And I don't your fingers. And I'm not just a huge like just like, oh, LSU, SEC, all this because this is going to take care of itself. Right. This right. is this is 2 weeks away from taking care of itself. Uh, and and all the people that I just am going to blatantly put my neck out there all of you people, or whoever you are, that think that LSU has an outside outside shot to beat Georgia in the SEC title game, you're wasting your breath even talking about it because they're it, not. They, they're not. Like LSU's not a terrible football team, but they're not a great football team, and you're gonna it's gonna take a great football team to beat that Georgia Bulldog team. Yeah. And LSU's not. No. Mm-mm. I I'll eat crow if the time comes. I will. I, I I have once about LSU already this year, so maybe I'll be wrong again. Don't don't see that happening at down in Atlanta in the SEC championship game. I, I don't either. But you know, going further down the rankings, doll, I I don't have any real problems. Um, no, you, I mean, you know, North Carolina they kind of fell like a bag of bricks. Along oh, with, did you see um, how that game ended? Drake May, fourth and goal. Rolls out to his right, corner route, hits a wide open receiver for a walk in touchdown. Wide receiver dropped it. That's beautiful. That was with like four seconds. That was that was with, it was with under a minute left. Uh, and they win that if he catches that. So it's not on Drake May. Yeah, but how's that game even close with I Georgia don't, Tech? I don't that know. is just a, well, it's it, that it's is the like North, an indefensible. It's the loss. North Carolina defense. Uh, that's and, the same way with the with the shootout they got into with Appalachian State. Right, and and then I mean you see Ole Miss they kind of fell like a like six spots after a just bludgeoning at the hands of Arkansas. Um, and what's crazy about that is. Ole Miss doesn't didn't look bad in this. No, they had like seven hundred yards of offense. Seven hundred yards of offense, yeah. but your red zone efficiency was just not good. Yeah, that. What well, time they they may or may not have made the cut for my bad or ugly this week. They so. had seven hundred and three yards of offense. Yeah, four hundred and sixty three yards rushing. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, a real quick quick rundown. The the Pac twelve has six teams. Uh, SEC has five. 
Big Ten and Big 12 have three each. ACC has four, and the American has three, and then you have your independent and um, Notre Dame. Uh, so, you know, that kind of rounds out our, our top 25 discussion, and, you know, we talk about this every week. It, it, there's always some good talking points, but to, to get overly frustrated with this stuff, it, it doesn't make a whole lot of sense, but it's, it's, I, I just can't get behind this committee. I, I, I'm just convinced, like, there is no criteria for these rankings. I mean, did you hear what the Kerrigan guy said about Clemson? No. When they asked him about Clemson, his mm. response, this was his literal response. They have some dudes. So we know they're they're a good football team. I could have told you that. They have some dudes, don't I, I mean, how do I get one Cle- of these Clemson's positions? Got, they've got some dudes, yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's like throw your name in it. I mean, Condoleezza Rice was on this committee. Now, she's a pretty big sports fan. I, I don't care. She don't know anything about college football. She has no right to rank college football teams. I don't care who she is. <laughs> like, this committee should be made up of, like, former coaches or, like, athletic directors that have, like, a past in college football, like a Barry Alvarez at Wisconsin. Like, he was a coach. Like, some of these people, like, they have no idea. They don't even watch the games. It's just like, oh, Clemson, oh, they're 9-1. and one. Yeah, they, they definitely got some good players. So, you know, they're probably going to make the playoff. They're pretty good. And you see, I don't really have a problem with Alabama being over Clemson because Clemson, to me, isn't a full work as much as Alabama is. I feel like Clemson has really kind of lucked out in a lot of these games that they have trailed in. I think that uh, if you go back and look at the uh, the Syracuse game, right. Syracuse handed that to them. Oh, yeah. Syracuse lost that game more than Clemson won it. And, you know, both of Alabama's losses come on game-ending plays. You know, two-point conversion to lose by one. Game-winning field goal to lose by three. Right, and I mean, th- and there's something to And then you look at Clemson, Clemson just gets drugged by Notre Dame, which right. isn't a bad thing, but you can't get blown out and expect to get sympathy. Right, I don't disagree. Um, and so, yeah, I mean, with that, you know, we'll we'll get right into our good, bad, and ugly. Like I said last week, we're gonna do this every week, and so we will. I'll let you start, Dalt. Who uh, who made the cut for your good this week? My good. Let me tell you about this team in the SEC in the state of Tennessee. Volunteers? And no, I am not talking about that team in Knoxville. In little old country music capital of the world, Nashville, Tennessee, there is a SEC team on a two-game win streak. There's only one. Only one Tennessee football team on a winning streak right now. And that is one Vanderbilt Commodores. Good for them. Like, I know that everybody kind of ripped their coach for the comments he made in the about yeah in the preseason. This, this at, is going to be the, the premier days. the premier program. Good for him. You know, they're a game away. They are a game away this weekend from being bowl eligible. Do you know who else is a game away from being bowl eligible? Missouri. If Missouri and Vandy both get wins this weekend. 13 of the 14 SEC schools are going to be bowl eligible. 
Who's not? Texas A and M. I genuinely forgot that well, that was not a setup. I genuinely forgot. But no, I mean Vandy. Look at them; they're on a two-game win streak. They beat um, Kentucky twenty-four twenty-one, and then they turn around and they beat the mighty Florida Gators. Yeah, I mean, that, hats off. I mean, I'm just that. That's my that's my good this week. I I don't. I don't. There wasn't really a whole lot of really good, good, but that to me stood out, and that needed to be addressed. And I'm going to be a big Commodore fan this weekend for them to get bowl eligible. Yeah, I mean, a lot of people are taking them at that 14 point spread plus 14. Yeah, I mean, I you mean, look at, at no Hendon Hooker. Joe Milton's not. He's no you know scrub, but you know Tennessee kind of reeling, coming off a of, you know a blowout loss with quarterback gets hurt. Yeah, there's there's a chance Commodores get bowl eligible. I, I couldn't tell you the last time they played in a bowl game, but yeah, I mean hats off to him, Clark Lee, great job. If if he gets them bowl eligible, it's about as good a job as Lance Leipold getting Kansas bowl eligible this who year. Just got a, did you see that yeah, he got a contract contract extended? extension? Yep, through 2029. Yeah, locking him down. Well, I'm going to stick in the SEC East for my good, and oh. go to. One Spencer Rattler. Oh boy. 30 for 37 for 438 yards and six touchdowns in what was an absolute bludgeoning of the number five Tennessee Volunteers on Saturday night. I mean, it was like everything that could have possibly went right for South Carolina in this game did. And, I mean, it, it It was, you know, it was close. I think they were up 35-31. And so I was like, okay, you know, Tennessee, they'll, they'll – Wake up. Yeah, they'll they'll figure it out. But, I mean, you, you look at um, – let's just see here, their drive summary. South Carolina goes – this is their possessions. Touchdown, 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 end of half, punt – Touchdown, 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 end of game. That's that's that the, was near perfection. Almost perfection. The one punt got you. I mean, and again, this is not about South Carolina, it's about Spencer Rattler, but you know, just good for him. The guys had a tough year. Hadn't didn't, you know, obviously South Carolina hasn't just been terrible. They're I think seven and four. Yeah, seven know, and it's, four. It's been a better year than it was a year ago. Um but he had really kind of struggled. Um, I think he might have totaled his season touchdown, like his what he went into the game with. He might have like doubled that in this game. Close, close. He now has fourteen touchdowns. So he, so he had eight. Yeah, he and had eight. So, so, um, you know, hats off to Spencer Rattler. You know, I think much has been made of what his college career has been coming out of high school. You know, obviously had kind of the fallout at Oklahoma, but. You know, I, I've kind of rooted for him ever since he got to South Carolina. So, I just wanted to give give him his props for, uh, you know, a pretty unbelievable, you know, remem- you know, a performance that he's probably going to remember for, for a long time, along oh, with a oh, lot yeah. of South Carolina fans. So, that that's my good for the week. So, with that, we'll, we'll move on to the bad. Get, give me your bad for, for week 12. My bad is Michigan. As a As a whole, I mean – you're at home, 
against Illinois, which don't get me wrong, Illinois is going to win the West, I still believe, right? Or did they? I think it's still up for grabs. Is it still up for grabs going into this weekend? Yeah, I, 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 thought, think, I thought it might be. Yeah, I'm pretty sure it's still up for grabs. But you have to get an enormous amount of help from the officials in this game and then have to kick a game-winning field goal as time expires to beat Illinois. And you are the number three team in the country. Trap game. I, I'm just – your defense looked out of whack. I mean, don't get me wrong, Chase Brown's a really good running back. But you, right. But you're going to sit there and tell me your offense can only muster up 19 points against Illinois. This is an Illinois team that just, I mean, got beat by Michigan State and Purdue. Yeah, I mean, they, they've had a good year, but they're not – yeah, they're obviously not – they they shouldn't compete with the likes of what Michigan is. Now I will say I, I think I I don't I don't hate you having them as their as your bad. I get it, uh, but I think that you know you don't like to see this, but there's probably a little bit of looking ahead in this game. Um, you I'm, know I'm Illinois gonna, Illinois just coming off. I think they lost the week before the two weeks before. So there. yeah, they had lost two straight. So you know Michigan may have had them on a little higher alert had they not lost those two games because they were ranked in the top 25 even. Um, but that's no excuse. So I, I don't hate that bad because it was kind of a disappointing performance. But, hey, good teams find a way to win. I mean, they they scored one touchdown and had to kick four field goals. Yeah, three in the fourth quarter. <laughs> Which, Illinois got a good defense. I think they're like a top five defense in the country. I'm pretty sure. But still. No, and part of it is to Blake Corum going down, I'm sure, didn't help. I don't know how early he did go down. I didn't actually watch any of this game. It was in the third quarter, but I thought he came back. He may have. But, yeah, that's – I don't hate that. It it was definitely an ugly performance, and they they were not the only team this week to to have an ugly performance. You know, TCU struggled with Baylor and – even Ohio State. Ohio State didn't look great with Maryland. Right. It was kind of a it was kind of a trap week. Um but my bad. I'm I'm staying in the SEC. Um speaking of Lane Kiffin. Travels to Fayetteville. Gets hammered. Bludgeoned. By the, the Hogs. Forty two twenty seven. Was not as close as the score indicates. Uh the Rebels had two running backs. The Judkins kid and Zach Evans rush for 200 plus. Um, 463 total rushing yards. 700 total yards of offense, which you touched on a minute ago. 12 penalties for 116 yards and lost the turnover battle 3 to 0, which is a good way with those penalties and turnovers. That's a good way to lose a game. Um, as good as the Judkins and Evans kid were, Rocket Sanders might have been better. For Arkansas, he had over 230-something yards, I believe. You know, and, this is the Arkansas we both coming into the season thought they could be. Right. And just, you know, Ole Miss coming off that loss for, to Alabama. Um, just just a, just an ugly, ugly performance in Fayetteville against an Arkansas team that has been, you know, reeling. They were 5-5, five and five, so this game got them bowl eligible. Uh, really kind of a, a really let down season for for them but yeah this this was a 
a really bad performance by the Rebels. Um, like I said, the the final was 42-27, but was not that close. I mean, it was like 42-6, to I think, at one point. Yeah, it, it, was, a, it was a beating. So, I guess with that, Dalt, take me to your ugly. As bad as that Ole Miss performance was, I have an even worse performer. Spencer Sanders, the one we know and love. The one that me and you are so critical of. Will the real Spencer Sanders please stand up? He did. He showed his ugly <laughs> in that first quarter. <laughs> Holy It was kind of the whole game. He didn't really do much good. Uh, I mean, he just, what was it, three interceptions in the first half? Yeah, I think so. Three and interceptions I mean, in the first half. Right, and, and that's a game that we're obviously going to touch on because we picked it this past week I'm just to me I don't understand what he was seeing well he he had two different two separate times that his receivers ran like a hitch route and he threw it deep yeah and one of them was intercepted uh, yeah the other one the other flew one out sh- in the third row yeah the other one should uh, it's like was, how are you that not on the same page twice yeah like how do you not pull him aside like if it's the receiver's fault I get it. But then did you see the when he was screaming at the coach, like he was pulling on his headset? Like, yeah. I think that was when he was wanting to go for it on fourth down. Yeah. He, uh, which that's a whole other thing we can talk about. Mike Gundy just kind of – he, he kind of puckered, which oh, is, yeah. you know, that's pretty that's vintage pretty, Mike pretty, Gundy in Bedlam. So BP gives me a lot of because of Quinn Ewers throwing it 49 times against OSU. Spencer Sanders was a whopping 36 for 67. With a with a with a hurt shoulder, shoulder hanging by a thread. Yeah. 30 he threw the ball 67 times. Wow. Yeah, and uh a four interception to one touchdown ratio. Yeah, and some of these interceptions were just bad. Yeah. Like the the one he gets the corner blitz, he sees three days too late. Yeah. And just flips it out there right. for the fastest guy on the field to run right. under. And then the other one that was intercepted, the, the only one that really wasn't his fault, like it was good coverage, Woody Washington tips it, and then the defensive lineman just yeah. happened to turn around it goes right to him. But the other one in the in- opposite end zone. He overthrows he, both. The, the guy wasn't even open. No. And he overthrows him by two feet yep. right to the guy behind. It's just, here, bread basket. There yeah. it is. It's – it was a brutal game. And you know what's sad is OU puts up 28 points in the first quarter. Oh, yeah. And they don't barely cross the 50 the rest of the game. Yeah, we're, we're going to talk about that. Um, what, what's, what's your ugly? I'm, I'm done with Spencer Sanders. If he comes back next year, guess what, buddy? We're still going to be on you. Hey, that's the preseason Big 12 uh, first-team quarterback. Not next year. Uh, my ugly is the North Carolina Tar Heels. Rightfully so. Fall at home to a permanent head coachless Georgia Tech team. Um, played a third string quarterback and at times a fourth string quarterback in this game and lost 21 17. Like you said, uh, wide receiver drops game winning touchdown pass. Uh, this pretty much ends Drake May's push to the Heisman. Yep. And also ends North Carolina's shot, outside shot that they had at a playoff spot. Don't think anybody really expected that to happen, but 
you just can't lose this game, doll. No, you like, can't. I, I mean, it's, just a terrible, terrible loss. It's unexcusable. An honorable mention for this, for me, I could not decide between North Carolina and UCF because UCF lost to Navy, who's like three and seven, and the runs the triple option. Was was this was this the game where Navy won the game without completing a single pass? It might have been. But I, I mean, I, I know UCF's quarterback got hurt, and the North Carolina, like North Carolina, had a lot more on the line. So I ended up going with North Carolina because Drake May obviously had the Heisman hopes, and then they, you know, had the outside shot. The right side of my phone is the Navy stat line. That's their passing leader. Wonderful. Over one with no touchdowns or with no yards. So yeah, that North Carolina, they they are my ugly. Because that uh, that just like I said, you're, you're talking about a team that you know maybe didn't have a serious shot at the playoff, but you know they and were going to have like a, there was a conversation that it, was going to have to be had. It was an outside shot. Had they won out, and that's all out the window now because you lose to a just hapless Georgia Tech team. Horrible. I mean, they're terrible. They're, yeah, maybe they're, one of the worst one of the worst teams in Power Five football. Yeah, easily that that job that job is going to be very hard to fill. And so that uh, that rounds out our, our good, bad, and ugly. Some stuff that you know we'll touch on maybe a little further that was in that with our our week twelve recap, Dalt. And uh, winner, winner, I get a game back on you this week. Still, I did, I did not have a good week. Ne- neither of us had a great week. Uh, you went two and four. I go three and three. So I do get a game back, but it started off very, very poorly for me. Oh, you know, we, yeah. we recorded last Thursday, and that game, that, that first game that we picked was actually played about an hour after we recorded, and that was Tulane against SMU, and this one was over within, like, the first, what, it was 20, quarter? It was 21 to nothing at the end of the first quarter, and I mean, Tulane scored in the first quarter. They made it 21 to nothing. This game was – it was like the uh, Murphy's Law for SMU. Like, what will go wrong? Or what can go wrong will go wrong. And it like, did. And, you know, Tanner Mordecai had a good game. He was 32 for 49 for 298 yards, two touchdowns. He had the two interceptions. Well, that, that's what I saw a lot of people talking about is is SMU. They they win the time of possession by almost almost 10 minutes. They outgain out, Tulane, have 11 more first downs. Tulane was 0 for 7 on third down. Yeah. And, oh. Tulane or SMU was nine for twenty, uh, and they somehow lose by, you know, fifty nine to twenty four. Thirty five points. Yeah, they just get blasted by Tulane. And, um, and here's the thing: five turnovers, right, to the one, and one for five, one for five on fourth down, right. And a lot of those one for fives on that fourth down were in the red zone. And there was a lot of drops in this game. I seen that they had talked about the drops being a reoccurring thing, but the SMU wide receivers was weren't helping Mordecai out in those situations. No, I mean, I mean, and then you have what was it the the kid from SMU? I think it was fourteen to nothing. He muffs the punt at like the five. Yep. Tulane scores like the next play. It's twenty-one nothing, like that. And I mean, 
another game we talk about, the game we're going to talk about next is another game that kind of started that way for a team. It's just hard to come out of that hole. Yeah, it's hard to dig your way I mean, out of a 21. Especially a three, when you're – A three-score game. You know, SMU is a team that, you know, they're, a, uh, you know, basically a 500 football team that, you know, they've – their defense is not very good. This is the same team that beat Houston 77 to 63. Like, yeah. not, not a very – you, you, when you get down twenty one nothing or twenty eight seven at halftime, I think is what it was. Yeah, and you know it's twenty eight seven at halftime, so you're not technically out of it. No, but whenever when you but when you're asking a bad defense to to get, get you those stops, it. Yeah. It, it's just hard. And they didn't. Then out of coming out of the half in the third quarter, they get outscored. Two, two lane yeah. goes touchdown, touchdown, touchdown. Yeah, they get outscored twenty one seven. It was it was twenty it was twenty eight to seven at one point, and then. That twenty-eight to seven turned into forty-nine to yeah. seven, and now you're done. There's no coming. You're you're finished at that point. Yeah, and I mean, you look you look at the 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 Pratt kid. His numbers. I mean, they weren't great. He didn't <laughs> throw for two hundred yards. Nine for fourteen, one hundred forty-one yards. He did have two touchdowns, and I think he rushed for a touchdown. Now, the the Spears kid at running back, he had thirteen carries for one hundred twenty-one yards and a couple touchdowns. Um, but. Yeah, Pratt I mean, had ten carries for seventy yards and three scores. Yeah, so I mean, it, it's just I don't know why I even thought I, I just thought because SMU could score so well that this might turn into a shootout that they could cover. Um, but you know, good for Tulane. This is a team that you know they're they're we're going to pick them again this week. They're going for a tenth win, mm-hmm. and this is a team that I believe went like three and seven last year or like two and nine or two and eight something like that weren't very good um so you know great great year for them they're competing for a shot at the american um let's say if they win this conference week, championship well with a ucf loss well see here that's that's a weird deal because i was looking at that because ucf beat cincinnati and tulane so mm-hmm. they have the head-to-head over both of them so their their two losses aren't two right um, so they have the loss to Navy, and I don't – I'm not sure who else. East Carolina. Right. So they have two conference losses, but they have not, to either, head over not, both not to either of them. So basically – So this is basically a win and is, you're into the – Yeah, and, and lose and you're done yeah. because UCF's in. Right. So back to that game, um, you, you did take Tulane minus three and a half – um, I took SMU plus three and a half, and that was a big fat loss for me. You started out strong Thursday night with a win, but you know that takes us into our next game. Um, shockingly, Oklahoma finds a way to cover seven and a half with a twenty-eight to thirteen victory over Oklahoma State. And um, this game, Dalt, I, as an Oklahoma fan, it's maybe the worst that I've ever felt about like a victory like it's in just a weird strange way like i don't know that i've ever watched oklahoma beat oklahoma state by two touchdowns and been mad and like been kind of upset about it and like i'm not upset about it yeah you are but it's like what so let's just get into it so you took oklahoma state plus seven and a half probably you know good pick but oklahoma finds a way to cover so that was a win for me loss for you oklahoma comes out like their hair on fire spencer sanders turning the ball over like almost had like four interceptions on the first four drives a couple balls that went 
right through guys from OU's hands. Oh um, yeah, I I immediately knew it was going to be a long game for OSU. OU gets out twenty eight nothing in the first in the quarter. first quarter. Um, they had two hundred and ninety nine yards of offense in the first quarter. That is the second most ever in program history in a quarter, and the most ever in a bedlam game. Um, but then. As we kind of touched on in your bad talking about Spencer Sanders, the offense just disappeared. It quit. I, I don't. We watched this game at the station. We had stakes. I work with a bunch of OSU fans and an OU fan, and it in the first quarter, it was really, really quiet. Were, were they on like suicide watch? It was not good. They there were some. Not choice words for young Spencer Sanders. And to your point, the uh, first drive for OU, you go, you march right down the field and score. Like, easily. Six plays, 75 yards in a minute and 17. OSU, three and out. Nine plays, 93 yards, and 245. Only drive of the game over two minutes. That's the only drive of the game that lasted over two minutes, Dalt. 14 to nothing like that. One play, interception for OSU, and you punt. And at this point, I'm thinking, okay, OU. Right. OU's calmed down. Here well, we, and OSU kind of got to. Yeah, they're like, gonna, they're, like, like they throw like, the interception, okay, but they're going to settle in. Yeah, okay, Spencer, like. Let's just let's just go take care of the ball now. Three plays interception. <laughs> oh, you two plays touchdown. Three, three plays negative six yards punt. Yeah, and it's just, and from there it just kind of spirals. You know, OU puts the drive together again to go seventy five yards to make it twenty eight to nothing, and then it just quits. Yeah, yeah. From there. Um, for OU, for for those of you that didn't watch the game, from there here, let's just give it a breakdown. Um, this is still before the the half. This is before, before yeah, before the half. Um, after that last touchdown, we go punt, punt, turnover on downs, interception, punt, 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 punt. End of game. I believe that's nine punts, an interception, and a turnover on downs. All I gotta say after the first after the first quarter, you amounted 135 yards of total offense. Yeah, it's unacceptable, unacceptable, disgraceful, pitiful. Just clock management was horrendous late in the game. Snapping the ball with 17 seconds left on the play clock when you're punting um, up, you know, two scores. Like just they were doing stuff that made no sense whatsoever. Well, Brent so, Venables is just an all fair guy. Well. And I think it is a bit of an indictment on not, – not an indictment on him, but just kind of his greenness as a head coach yeah. with managing the game. Like, you got to get in the headset and tell – and from the sound of it, Lebby postgame, can he kind of pass the buck to uh, Gabriel? Almost like they were telling him, like, hey, run the clock down, snap the ball. And they just weren't doing it. So, I don't – who knows? It's anarchy, I guess. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Dylan Gabriel said, watch this. Yeah. Yeah, and I mean, I, like, uh, it's, uh, 
I don't know. It's like you you feel so good. It's twenty eight nothing. I'm like, oh, this is gonna be. You're, you're, in Let's your, go. In, in your head, you're thinking, you know, you're thinking, get rid of this 49 to nothing bludgeoning that we took this year and, and just put it on somebody else, and then you just go dormant on offense. Defense did not play horrible. Well, that's that's what I was going to say. Defense o- OSU's offensive line is horrendous, um, but they're still – they've been what's been a very respectable offense, you know, as far as in the in the conference and even nationally. It's a team that I've averaged, came in averaging like 33 a game. Um yeah, just a great performance. Defense gets, I think, six sacks, 13 tackles for loss. Um, the four interceptions, obviously. That always helps. Oh, yeah. And, I mean, OU, I believe they were one sack short of – or, no, I think that they they came into this game in conference play with six sacks, so they doubled their sack total in one game. So, you know, it, it, it was – I'll give my props and – they were on the field basically the entire second half. Yeah, it was, and, it was a long second. You know, it, it was kind of nice to see. It, it seemed more like they were like, okay, you know, let's get back out there. Like, sure, let's keep doing it. Like, instead of, oh, we got to go back out there. Like, well, yeah, I mean, when you're playing yeah, Oprah Winfrey. Let's, let's lay down. You when know? you're playing Oprah Winfrey, you get an interception. You get an interception. You get an interception. I'd be excited to go back out there too. But, like, yeah. who's he going to throw it to this time, guys? Uh, I just – Mike Gundy, this is what? Okay, turtle what, in shell. What did Mike Gundy needs to call South Carolina's player who after the Tennessee game and ask him be like, "Hey, you got any advice for me?" Yeah, let your nuts drop. Yeah, because it, that that fourth and one when he punted, where what was the score at that point? Was it twenty eight to? There was a two score game at that point, wasn't it? Was it was either fourteen nothing or twenty one nothing. Was it? I think so. It was because it was in the first quarter, right? Yeah, but they ended up taking a penalty, so it pushed the ball back. Well, yeah, but I mean, you're fourth and one against an OU defense that's been very suspect, and I especially on fourth down. Yeah, it's like they get worse. I, I understand that you know you're a little worried because your defense hadn't stopped them, but twenty one to nothing, you're chasing points. Like, you need something to go right. Right. And punting away to them, they, they drive right down the field and score, I believe. Yeah, as um, as unhappy as some OU fans were with a victory, there's a lot of OSU fans that were very, very upset with oh, that uh, I mean, coaching job and just performance as a whole. I know, I, know not, I know Gundy is always under scrutiny from OSU fans for stuff like that, but I'm telling you right now, I haven't heard OSU fans call for a coordinator's head in a long time. Uh, yeah, and they they want Casey Dunn. Casey Dunn, gone. yeah, yeah, and they, it's, it's probably going to happen. They hate Casey Dunn. They've gotten to this point. So, yeah, but that like I said, that that's a win for me. Uh, that was a loss for you. So that takes us to one and one. And uh, this next game was actually a win for both of us, Dalt. Um, Iowa wins the Floyd of Rosedale. And I actually heard a little bit of a backstory during this game on what that is, the trophy. Um, they win 13-10. to 10. Game went about exactly how we thought it would. Exactly how we thought it uh, would. They were, you know, they were actually two-and-a-half-point dogs. So they they went outright defeating Minnesota. I, I had Minnesota. a feeling that they would have won this outright. Um, I didn't watch a ton of this game. I saw a little bit of it. But, like, who wanted to watch this? I mean, honestly. Like, I, I guess if you just love, like, running the football and – 
you know, getting punched in the mouth defense. Like, I mean, it's good. Like, it's not terrible, but it's not the most entertaining. Like, I like to see a forward pass occasionally. <laughs> it's it's nice, you know. Um, so I don't I don't just have a ton to add on this game, uh, but uh, the Floyd Rosedale. It was a the Floyd, I guess, was a pig. And like. I guess I, I'm trying to remember. It, Tim Brando was the one explaining it. Oh, then I can understand why you would but, forget. But it had something to do with the the place that it was at was Rosedale, and so like the winner got the pig. Something at, at one point, like in the first game or one game, and so and over time that was that was how the trophy that was how the trophy came to be about the golden pig trophy, I believe. Um, but I I guess you look. Uh, I don't think either either of these teams – well, this was not a top 25 matchup. but No, it, it wasn't ranked. It we, wasn't a ranked matchup. It was just kind of a close spread and kind of had pretty big implications on the Big Ten e, or West. Iowa had 280 yards of total offense, 59 rushing yards. You love it. You love it. Somehow, Minnesota had 312 rushing yards, 87 passing yards. Yeah, I mean – Dominates time of possession – but somehow they, Iowa just does what they do. They find a way to to win the game. I mean, I, <laughs> you know, I, I, I just I have no interest in this, Dalton. I, I I really don't like. So, Iowa's in control of the Big Ten West currently. Are are they in control of the Big Ten West? Are they really? Uh, well, I, I, you know, let's take a little peek. Let's take a little peeksies. Um. Yeah, I they have was, the, they I, have the tiebreaker over Purdue. Yeah, I was in control of the Big Ten West. Oh my God! One of these teams is gonna have to go play Iowa after this week. Yeah, it's gonna be like last year. Yeah. What? Why is the Big anyway, Ten West so terrible? Anyway, we we both picked Iowa as a win. I I don't have a lot more to add. I, I don't want to bore our listeners to tears. Um. So. Win for both of us there. That takes us to our next game. Uh, TCU traveled to Baylor in an ultimate trap game. Should have probably lost this game. Uh, but Baylor does cover 2.5 plus 2.5. But TCU edges out of victory on 29-28 uh, to 28 on what was just an insane last-second field goal. Like, as time expires, I, I still cannot figure out what in the hell were they doing running a stretch play with, like, 24 seconds left with Chinese, no timeouts. Chinese fire drill. Like, he was just – like, was it like a get to this spot and go down? Yep. And then it's like oh, run, the kick, run the kick team out there. Like, and I know that they practice that stuff, but, like, do you really want to do that? I mean, if you got faith in your kicker, then you do. And the guy's only missed one field goal all year. And that field goal's against Texas, but I believe it was partially blocked. So, I mean, if you got faith in that guy, then by all means, you know how many seconds you need to run it. The golden rule book says you need 16 seconds to execute this perfectly. I didn't know this rule, but I I was under the impression that if you subbed, the official had to stand over the ball and allow well the defense to sub. But and there and there is a like a, a a little amendment to that rule that says if at the end of a half or the end of a game for a field goal. Because everybody was complaining about t- Baylor getting screwed. Yeah. 
and and it was actually officiated yeah. correctly. Yeah, and and I was one of the people that was kind of on the side of that. I didn't know that rule. the The team is allowed. The ref will not stand over the ball in those situations to allow the defense to substitute. I didn't know that. Right. I'm I angered a lot of TCU well, fans it's, with it's, that. It's to avoid the slow sub to yeah basically and, in the and, game. Yeah. So you know this game TCU did not look very good. No. Um it was pretty much neck and neck the whole game. They they did take a lead into the fourth quarter, but Baylor scores two touchdowns. Um, but, you know, I don't – what do you think of TCU? I think they are going to get beat in the Big 12 Championship. I agree. No, no matter who they play, whether it's Texas or Kansas State. Well, as much as you Texas fans want Kansas no, to beat, they're Can- not. They're not going Kansas to, State. I, I just don't think that's going to happen. I, I, don't, I don't think that's going to happen either. But I do. I do think Kansas State may get them back in yeah. the Big Twelve title I, game. I, 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 I just feel like TCU's living on borrowed time for too long. Like it just seems like. I mean, and I think they're a good team, but I, I think there's a real good chance they go down in the Big Twelve championship, which is going to eliminate them. From yeah. The playoff. Yeah. Hundred percent. Like, if they – I think they'd have been eliminated anyway, but if they would have lost to, like, Texas or even Baylor this week and then maybe still won the Big 12, they might have still had a conversation. Yeah, but if you're a one-loss team you, and you don't win your conference, you're yeah, probably not getting it. Especially if you're a TCU in yeah. the Big Big 12. But, um, you know, T- TCU, they, they, they win the game, but Baylor covers, and we actually both liked TCU. I, I didn't expect this. No, I, didn't, I really didn't either. I, I, I was down on Baylor because they just – I just still don't think that they're a very good football team. I really don't. And so maybe that's a further indictment on TCU. Um, well, and I don't think Baylor's bad, but I just don't think they're, you know, they're nothing special. No, and kind of to the point, Shapen, I believe it was right before half, throws an interception in the end zone. Like, with guaranteed points. Like, you're inside, the, you're inside their 10 – and you throw a ball into a window that you can't make that throw. And it costs your team points, which in the end cost your team the win. Now, right. I can't put it all on him. There, and, But there was times like on the – when you're trying to go to ice the game, TCU's calling their timeouts. It's third and I want to say five. He rolls out. They, they trust him to call a pass play. He rolls out. He's got the tight end. 10 yards down the field wide open and he just tucks it and gets like two yards and like trust yourself I, I think but the, don't trust the, don't yeah. don't cost yourself the the jury is still out on shaping for sure I hope he plays terrible this week <laughs> right he'll probably have the game of his life don't say that uh but anyway that that was a loss for both of us Baylor covers like I said two and a half um and then our next game we also both were wrong. Uh, Oregon, we had this a game at minus one, and we both took Utah plus one. But Oregon wins kind of an ugly game, twenty to seventeen at home over Utah. Um, I this game I think was played at the same time as Bedlam, so I didn't watch a whole lot of it. 
Um, or no, it was played it after. Was after. It was after. It was, so it was, it was late. It was the late game. Yeah, it was Pac-12 after dark. Um, so I, I, I watched a little bit of this game, but Cam Rising was bad. Yeah, he didn't play. I think he turned it over three times maybe in you, this game. You can't do that, especially when Bo Nix plays. You can't do that, especially whenever Bo Nix plays. And I want to say Oregon jumped out to a 17-3 to lead. Yeah, he, he threw three interceptions. Yeah, you can't do that. But especially on the road, and again, this is another game that Utah they had twenty two first downs to Oregon sixteen. Uh, they were pretty good on third down. They controlled time of possession, but they just couldn't. It was like they couldn't finish drives. Um, and you know, hats off to Oregon. Um, but this this game didn't really go as I expected. I, I kind of expected it to be kind of a high scoring game. And I mean, Utah, you know, they tied it up. In the third quarter, it was 17-17, and then... The fourth quarter was just bad. I mean, you go, Oregon kicks a field goal on the following drive, and then you have Utah turnover on downs, Oregon interception, Utah interception, Oregon punt, Utah turnover on downs, end of game. Yeah. It's, like, it, that's just kind of a kind of an ugly finish. Um, but like I said, we, we were both on Utah there. And, well, and the, the jury was out that Bo Nix wasn't going to play. Right, and I think kind of we both... We kind of both based our pick kind of around that. Like, even, even if he did play, he wasn't going to be healthy. Right. And, I mean, really, that, that was kind of the case. He 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 did he, – he was okay, 25-37, 287, and a touchdown. He did have one interception. So, he didn't do anything spectacular. But he did just enough. And I think that the turnovers are ultimately what got Utah in this game. Yeah. Yeah, and, and that's just something that you really hadn't seen out of them. They that's like how they're coached. They they don't they don't give the ball away. That's something that Cam Rising has been pretty good about. Um, but we were both on Utah, and uh, I give props to Oregon. Um, they're not a lock for the Pac-12 championship, but no, if if they lose to Oregon State this week, if, it'll be Washington. Yeah. So if if they win, they're in. Um, but we do have a lock for the Pac-12 championship. And that is the USC Trojans, the Lincoln Riley Caleb. Oh, there you go. I was the, about to say, who led actually, that team? The Caleb Williams led. Shut up. Because if they didn't have Shut up. If they did not have Caleb Williams, Dalton, they'd be four and eight. They wouldn't be any good. And if your aunt had nuts, she'd be your uncle. That's fair enough, sure. But I'm Who's just saying. the head coach at Southern California? All I'm saying is if they did not have Caleb Williams, they would not be any good. Who's the head coach? Lincoln Riley. I'm okay. not taking anything away okay. from Lincoln Riley. I'm just saying they wouldn't be as good. It's okay. a fact. Some of the throws he made in this game are unreal. He's, un- he's unbelievable. He's oh, best quarterback in college football. Easily. If he don't win the Heisman, it's, it's they should just throw in the trash. Right. It's put an asterisk by it. So anyway, USC beats UCLA 48-45 in an absolute shootout at the Rose Bowl. It was a great game. Um, it was a great game. Ultimately, what got UCLA's turnovers? I think Dorian Thompson Robinson had three interceptions. I believe. Yeah, um, three interceptions. Yeah, three four points. turnovers total, three interceptions. Um, and UCLA had the ball. They were driving. And, you know, USC, they do what they've done all year. They get the, the interception that basically sealed the game. But Caleb Williams, I mean. 32-43. Just, just a modest 32-43 for 470. couple touchdowns. You know, did have an interception. But he had over 500 yards of total offense by himself. I was going to say he had 33 yards so, rushing you know, and a touchdown. So Just to add insult to injury to my fellow Oklahoma fans, two former Sooner quarterbacks this week 
had just under a thousand yards together. That Lincoln Rounding guy knows what he's doing. Yeah, maybe so. Um, yeah, this was a super back and forth game. UCLA actually got out to a good start. They were up fourteen nothing. I felt good about this. And pick. then it it kind of just went back and forth. I mean, from there, um, and then USC kind of they kind of stretched the lead, and then once. Once they got that 10-point lead, they never really relinquished it. Like, UCLA would score, make it a three-point game. USC would go score because it was, it was 34-24, 34-31, 41-31, 41-38, 48-38, 48-45. Um, USC is going to make the playoff. Oh, yeah, I agree. I 100% think this. Um, I think that they – here's my thing. If they play who they're who they where everybody thinks they're going to play, they're going to make the playoff. If they have to play Washington, that's a little bit more of a tricky game. Think so? I think so. Okay. Well, I mean, like I said, this was this game was full of fireworks. Um, I picked USC minus two and a half, so this is a win for me by the skin of my teeth. Skin of your teeth. Uh, this was a loss for you, so. Like I said, uh, you you go two and four this week. Had kind of a tougher week. I I stick right at five hundred. It's what I'm best at, Mister Mister Five Hundred. Even kill. Um. So Dalt, you know, we're gonna get right into our our week thirteen preview. It's rivalry week for some. For for us, it's really not because you know the team you used to play on this week they don't want to play you guys anymore. I wouldn't want to play us this year either. <laughs> uh, usually OU does play OSU this week, but because of how the Big Twelve has become, they had started to reschedule that game because so many of those games were basically Big Twelve championship games. So yeah. they, of course, when they start scheduling it differently, they never end up playing for the Big Twelve championship. Uh, but you enter this week thirty six thirty three. I am thirty three and thirty six. Three games back, and so you know. Got to make some moves, Dalt. Uh-oh. So that takes us into our first game, the Egg Bowl. Mississippi State, 7-4, and four, going to Oxford to take on the number 20-ranked Ole Miss Rebels. You know, still led by Lane Kiffin, but not for long. Uh, they're 8-3, and three, coming off a two-game losing streak. But the Rebs come in as a two-point favorite at home. And I'll give you the floor. Who do you like? I love Ole Miss. I mean, I understand with all the stuff going on, Oh, is Lane Kiffin leaving? Oh, what's what's going to happen? Do you want to know the one thing that's for certain? The Judkins kid. He's going to rush for 250. Can run <laughs> the dang ball. Yeah, he's really good. He And when you when – you, The guy behind him ain't, ain't much worse. I was about to say, you, you slap Zach Evans behind him, I mean, you might as well put the U.S. Postal stamp on their butts and tell them, send them across country. <laughs> Special delivery. Yeah, that's right, because they they're going to run – all over Mississippi State. Now, if the defense can slow them down, will be the biggest deal. But, you know, it's a rivalry week. As long as Ole Miss doesn't piss on any pylons, I feel like Ole Miss has got a pretty <laughs> solid shot at winning this. Never forget when the guy hiked his leg and acted like a dog. Oh, that was, I mean, just epic. 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 And then the ensuing field goal kicker misses to tie the game. <laughs> so, you like the Rebels minus two. Uh, as much as I'd like to go against you here, I just don't think I can do it. I, I'm not too sure that Mike Leach won't retire after this year. He just I, – I think he's done. Like, he, he needs – he's talking about, you know, who knows what, which I know he's always he's been always that way. But that. I, 
I don't know. I, I don't know what to think about Mississippi State, but I, I like the Rebels here at minus two. I, I think they might win this game handily are, at are home. You, are you saying that Mike Leach doesn't have his sword up here anymore? Yeah. <laughs> He's got it down here. Yeah, I think so. I think this so. game is so that that game is so fun. This with these two yeah, coaches. you better enjoy the Lane Kiffin versus Mike Leach matchup because you know, this is probably the last either one, time. Either one of them can say anything, and that's what makes the Egg Bowl so fun with these two coaches. So we're both going to lock in Mississippi at minus two. I think the key to this game for Ole Miss is Jackson Dart. Got to take care of the football. Yeah, can't, can't turn if, it over. If Mississippi State can capitalize – if they can turn him over and capitalize, I think they have a chance. But if he keeps – you know, takes care of the football, makes the plays he needs to make, and they, you know, lean on that running game with Judkins and Evans, I think they cover that minus two easily. So that takes us into our second game, Dalt. The Baylor Bears, 6-5, and five, going to Austin to take on your 23rd-ranked Texas Longhorns at 7-4. and four. Texas comes in as an 8.5-point favorite in this game at home. So... I already know who you're taking. You're not picking against Texas. I'm not, but I mean, why in the hell are we eight and a half point favorite? That's such a weird. That's is such is a it weird because line. we just drummed Kansas? Is that what it is? We we just beat Kansas to death like we're supposed to. This is actually perfect for me. You get eight, I, you get eight points, and you don't have to pick Texas. Give me Baylor. Oh, I know. Easily, it's easy money. I absolutely don't think they're going to win, but to keep it in a touchdown, probably. Yeah, yeah, it's happening. Unless Bijan just goes. Snizz that he goes snapped. nuclear like he did on Kansas in his last game at DKR. <laughs> Wipe the tears. It's okay. Oh my gosh. It's going to be all right. So, yeah, I mean, I could be wrong. Texas could – they could blow Baylor out again. I, I'm not putting a lot of faith in Baylor even having a shot to win this game. Well, it's tough to put a lot of faith in Texas with the way we've been so up and down this year. Right. And and so, you know, but Ewers at home, I think he's going to be – It's this is a better spot for him than if it were in Waco. Not that that's a super tough place to play. But, uh, yeah, I, I'm going to go ahead and take the Bears at that, plus that's, eight and that's a half. A, that's a smart pick for you. And, you know, this is going to be – the matchup that I'm looking forward to the most is going to be this Baylor offensive line yeah. versus this Texas front seven. That, yeah, the, run, the running game. Yeah. It's going gonna, it's gonna to be a good test. I know Texas has been really, really good in the run game this year. And – Baylor's kind of that's what their bread and brother butter is. So if we can win that up front battle and make shape and have to throw it, I like our chances. Yeah. So I'll let you lock Texas at minus eight and a half. I'm going to lock Baylor at plus eight and a half. And so our third game, this is our first ranked on ranked matchup. I have several of those. We actually, our next four games are ranked on ranked matchups. This is not really a rivalry, but this is basically a Battle for a spot in the American Conference Championship game. Number 19, Tulane, coming in at 9-2, and two, going to number 24, Cincinnati, who is also 9-2. and two. Cincinnati comes in as a two-point home favorite in this game. Who who you like? Well, what this tells me is that they think it's going to be a pretty even game, and the only reason they're making Cincinnati – Basically a pick them. Yeah, they're, the only reason they're making Cincinnati home, yeah. is because it's at home. Um, I'm going to stick with the Green Wave. They've burned me once, but I feel like their win last week is going to propel them to want to get back to face UCF in the American Championship. And I, I, I really like them with the points. I am going to – these teams are very similar. Um, they give up about the same amount of points. Cincinnati gives up uh, about 20 less yards. Um, 
Tulane's four and one over the last five. Uh, wonderful. Cincinnati's also four and one over the last five. Um, I'm going to take the Bearcats minus one or minus two in this game. I, I think they, I think they win this game by three, maybe a touchdown. Um, I think they just maybe have a little bit more talent than Tulane, and so I think that that maybe prevails if they can keep Pratt, you know, at bay with his legs and throwing the ball. Um, I think they have a chance to win this game by by three, maybe maybe seven. So I'm going to take the Bearcats at minus two. So I'll let you you lock in the, the yes, green sir. wave. Give me the green wave. Okay. So you like Tulane plus two. I'm take Cincy minus two. So our, th- our fourth game, Dalt, this is what they refer to as the Civil War. Number nine, Oregon, looking to lock in a spot in the Pac-12 championship game, coming at 9-2. and two. They're going on the road to Corvallis, take on the 21st-ranked Oregon State Beavers. And Oregon Oregon State's 8-3, and three, um, really played a really close game with USC earlier in the year. It's a pretty good football team. Uh, but Oregon comes in as a three-point road favorite. And this is a series that Oregon has pretty well dominated, dominated over the last decade, uh, two decades, really. Um, who do you like? I don't know a whole lot about Oregon State. I, I know that they've kind of been around a lot of these games. I don't think they've ever just been bludgeoned this year. I think their defense is pretty good. Um, what worries me about them is – so yeah, their their worst loss is to they got beat by Utah forty two to sixteen. But was you that, know was that on the road or was that at home? It was at Utah. So I mean that's understandable. But at home, you know, they, they hold USC at home to seventeen points and USC scored at the end of that game to win, basically. Yeah, that that was a really close game. And they lost to Washington at Washington twenty four twenty one in what was, you know, a really tight game. Um But other than that, they've pretty well handled their schedule, the the rest of the Pac twelve. The six that uh, you don't really—they just kind of sneak up on you because you don't—you don't hear about them because they play all their games into the wee hours of the night. Pack twelve after dark. Yeah, and um, I'm going to take Oregon here. If the spread was a little longer, like if it was like a touchdown or seven and a half, I'd feel more inclined to take Oregon State in this scenario. But um, give me Oregon. I don't. I don't. You know, you get that. Maybe they might hang over. But I think with the knowing that the Pac-12 championship yeah. is on the line, you don't get that hangover. I I also like Oregon in this game. I think Bo Nix obviously another week to get a little healthier. Um, I think they have a little bit more to play for. You know, as far as making it to the Pac-12 championship game. Um, so I think with that on the line. And just the the dominance that they've had in this series, um, you know, OU beating OSU, that's just what happens. Same here, right? <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I like I like Oregon minus three. Damn, in this game, yeah. <laughs> damn uh, the t- the top rope dropping the elbow. I, I I like yeah. Give me give me Oregon minus three. So so we're gonna both lock in the Ducks at minus three on the road. Uh, we might regret that, but who cares? Who cares? Um, Don't affect us, Don. No, not really. So our fifth game, and this one's interesting, top 15 matchup. Number 15, Notre Dame from the 
the depths of hell have recovered to eight and three. They are on the road at number six, USC, who is ten and one. USC comes in as a five and a half point favorite. This is a Notre Dame team that uh, has found a stride. Yeah, they. I uh, mean, what a, what a recovery that Marcus Freeman has made. You know, after just two horrible, horrible losses early in the season, and they've really kind of found themselves, like you said, found their stride. I mean, uh, five, huge five straight games over thirty five points. Yeah, huge win over Clemson. Um, this is a pretty balanced team. Play they play good defense. They kind of they kind of run it right at you. They don't do anything spectacular offensively, but you know. I mean, they've got the really really good tight end. The uh, the mayor kid. He leads them with seven hundred yards receiving and seven touchdowns. So you know who they want to get the ball to. Does USC have anybody that can really cover him? That's yet to be seen. Lincoln Riley teams have always had trouble defending a tight end. Yeah. Um, so who who do you like? Five points. Five and a half. Five. Oh, oh shit. I can't go against Caleb Williams right now. <laughs> I don't give a damn who they run out there. Caleb Williams on the year has thrown for thirty four hundred yards, thirty three touchdowns, to three interceptions. He's taking care of the football. And they shown that they showed this week that they can run the football with the Jones kid. So give me USC minus five and a half, in what I think could potentially be a boat race. Okay, I'm actually going the total opposite direction. Taking I, Notre Dame. I think USC wins the football game. This is a team that has scored forty plus in nine of their eleven games. Um, been just basically a machine offensively, which is not really surprising to anybody, I don't think. But a lot like that UCLA game, they win by three. I think I could see that one turning this way as well. Not as high scoring, though. I think Notre Dame is going to be able to do some stuff up front, offensively and defensively, in the in the trenches. Yeah, yeah they, their, de- their defensive line is a lot better than what UCLA ran out there. So I think if they can get some, you know, pressures, and I'm sure Freeman will have a good game plan to kind of, you know, try and pressure Caleb. It's hard to do with how mobile he is also and just his ability to make just insane throws on, that, the, on that, the move. That throw on the run. To his left. Where he's going to his yeah, left and just throws a piss missile. Unbelievable. Gosh, unbelievable. You had him. Yeah. You had him and you lost him. It is what it is. Could you imagine if he went to LSU with, like, if Lincoln Riley went to LSU? Yeah. No, I don't. I don't want to imagine that. But <laughs> I'll take the Irish plus five and a half, and I'm going to lock that one in. I do like USC to win the game, though. So that takes us to our game of the week, the game. Number three, Michigan, eleven and zero, on the road, in the shoe, at number two. Ohio State, the Ohio State. The. The. Ohio State. The only college in America to copyright the, the, the word the. the, the. Word, the. 11-0. Also, Ohio State comes in as a seven-and-a-half-point favorite, Dalt. Got that hook. Got that hook. They're why? just trying to mess with you. Why is it, why is it such a massive spread? Like, I is mean, this not the number two versus the number three team in the country? Yeah. I, I don't know. I, is I, it because it's in the shoe? I assume. Are you like? Oh, neither one of these teams have looked good at times. 
Yeah, but both of them have looked really good at times too. Here's here's the key for me. And it's honestly it's going to come down to the quarterback play. You we can talk about Corum all you want. Ohio State has been leaps and bounds better on defense this year at times than they were last year. And if you're going to ask me to trust somebody to throw the ball to his receivers, I'm going to trust C.J. Stroud in that receiving core. Much more than than you, I McCarthy. will. J.J. McCarthy throwing to uh, who? who? <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Right. Who? Uh, <laughs> Is there an owl in here? Uh, no. Give me Ohio State minus seven and a half. I love that you took I know Ohio you State. And, I love that. And part of me wanted to take Michigan because I think Michigan has the tools to win this game. You know, you run the ball good. You keep it away from Ohio State in that offense. But at some point, you're not going to beat. You can beat whoever the hell their defensive coordinator was last year like that, but you're not going to beat the guy there like that. He's too smart, and he's way too aggressive. So... It's going to be cold. It's going to be a little rainy at uh, in the shoe. And I think this game goes a lot like last year, just except I think Ohio State maybe finds a way to win. But... Because Michigan, they're not as dominant, I don't think, as they were. Like I know, like the the numbers wise, the, the times showed their defense was better. But I am going to take Michigan plus seven and a half. But I like like the USC game. I think Ohio State still wins the game, but I think it's by three, maybe four. Uh, maybe maybe they're down three, and Ohio State scores a late touchdown. You know, to to win by four. Um, I can't believe that the matchup predictor on ESPN is giving Ohio State a 71% chance to win this that's, game. That's what I just looked at. Um, Michigan's – not that Ohio State's bad. Michigan's giving up 11.7 points per game. And Ohio State's giving up 16.9. Um, so this the, is just to, like – To the opposite effect, though. They're, yeah, Ohio, Ohio State scored, scored 46 and a half yeah, and to, to 16. To 39. I, I mean, this is like – this is the game of the year, I think, so far. I think more so than Tennessee-Georgia because we kind of seen how that game was going to go. I mean, because this is basically a battle for – it's a battle for the division, battle basically for the conference championship because whoever wins this game is going to win the conference. They're going to murder who's and then in the West. it's essentially a battle for a playoff spot. I don't ne- – te- I wouldn't technically write that off. But I, I know, and I don't disagree. There's a scenario where I think both of these teams could still sneak in if this game stays close. I agree, but I'm going to take Michigan plus seven and a half. That's a good pick. And so I'm going to lock. So we got you know quite a bit of difference this week, Dalt. You could you. And so if to, you go six and zero, oh, we'll even it up. So to recap, Mississippi State at number twenty, Ole Miss. We both like Ole Miss minus two. Baylor at number twenty three, Texas. You like Texas minus eight and a half. I like Baylor plus eight and a half. Number nineteen, Tulane at number twenty four, Cincinnati. You like uh, Tulane plus two. I like Cincinnati minus two. Oregon at Oregon State. We both like Oregon minus three, right? Yeah. Yes, 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 yes. 
Notre Dame at USC. You like USC minus five and a half. I'm taking the Fighting Irish plus five and a half. And then Michigan at Ohio State in the game. You like Ohio State minus seven and a half. I like Michigan plus seven and a half. So there's a chance for some movement this week, Dalton. There's a chance. You go six and oh, we're tied going into conference championship week. It's going to be a fun week. What are we going to do for bowls? I think we'll just have a big just pick the whole damn thing. Yeah, we'll wait till outright. they wait till they all get announced. We'll pick every game. We'll see who. We'll just we'll basically just pick. Well, I say in bowls we'll pick the games. Yeah, who just wins. pick a winner? Pick a winner because there's just too many of them. Yeah, the spreads on those are just dumb. So, episode twenty-two, rivalry week. If you guys enjoyed the show, please write us five stars. Write us a good review. Podcast is available on Anchor, Spotify, iTunes, iHeart, and Stitcher. You can also find us on Facebook and Twitter by searching the Cover 2 Podcast. Happy Thanksgiving to all of our listeners. We hope you guys have a good turkey day. Enjoy some college and NFL football. If you're traveling, be safe. There's going to be, you know, tons to watch. And, you know, like like we always say, like, share the show. Give us a rating. Um, tell your friends about it. Tell your sister about it. Don't uh, tell her sister about it. So, Dalt, I guess if, if you don't got anything else to add, I guess we're out. I don't forget to cover the flats.